Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Welcome today to the future of XYZ. I am just honored to have Dr. Anita Sanchez with us today. Uh, we're gonna be speaking about the future of relationships and relationships to each other, relationships to our planet, relationships to the spirit, relationships to our past and our present and our future, of course, because it's the future of XYZ. And joining me is a Dr. Anita Sanchez, who is a transformational leadership coach, speaker, consultant, um, and author. Uh, she released the most amazing book in 2017 with Simon & Schuster called The Four Sacred Gifts, which is about Aztec and global indigenous wisdom as applied to the modern world. She is also a um, conscious company, 2020 uh, world-changing woman, and also a World Women's Foundation uh, one of 60 women of the hour, along amazing other women like Jane Goodall. So, uh, Anita, thank you so much for joining us on Future of XYZ. Uh, thank you so much. It's so great to see you. So lovely. So um, let's just start. We're talking about the future of relationships. W where do we begin? I mean, when we're thinking about the future of relationships, what, what is this? Yes. Well, the future of relationships, the best place to begin is the beginning. <laughs> That's my art in growing up, since I am part indigenous, some of the wisdom was like my elders was teach us about the people, about relationships. And they would always say, start at the beginning, because if we don't start about what was happened before, who was there before our ancestors, and then we come to today, we will think that's what's happening for us or even what we envision in the future came out of nothing. Now that doesn't mean we're stuck, but it means to start at the beginning. So I always uh, tap into people and first just say, you know, where am I coming from? And, and thank you for the introduction because that gives some of my background and some of those ancestors who went through lots of things and have incredible strengths as well as some healing that still needs to happen. And that all sits in me. Um, and in epigenetics that we now know that wounds and hurts from the past still sit inside of us. So now in this time where we can pause some, we're really being able to see about how are we with ourselves. So first of all, what is my relationship between my heart and my head? What is my relationship to my mind, body, and spirit? And then from there, what am I, how am I being with other relationships? in my family, in my business, in, in the world with the earth and on and on. So relationships, I'm excited at this time, what were some of us being forced to do, maybe who didn't really want to get into this relationship, this fuzzy stuff, but the reality is it's all about relationships. That's how we get everything that we're doing accomplished. Absolutely. And it's so interesting because I think the calm that has been forced upon us as a result of, you know, this pandemic and, and just like a space out has really caused many, many human beings to have time that they didn't previously have, uncomfortable to your point, as sometimes it may be, and for many it is, to reflect and to say like the deeper questions, I think, right, about like, who are we? Who am I in relation to the bigger order? Why am I here? Like these are these are deep, meaningful questions that indigenous wisdom has has asked us to ask for you know millennia, right? 
Yes, we we have. It's always been a part of our uh, the way of being. So here's a, another notion that I'm finding business leaders really excited about because so much of what we measure is human doing. So do, 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 and how good or how valued is how much you do. And if you wanna change this, then change your doing. But, and all of that has, has its place. However, from an indigenous perspective, we are not human doings, we are human beings. So that means in this time that we get to go in, as you said, and reflect, and that is scary to some people, but to, to really find out, like just even what's happening with your body. How are you breathing? Are you breathing deeply? Or are you breathing shallowly? You know, uh, all the different things. Are, are you home? Are you present to the, your family? You know, I've had so many people call and talk about, um, you know, that they are amazed. They've never been in one place for so long. They're used to the airplanes and everything else. And they haven't missed a single child's birthday. Now that says something about relationships and, and, and that people really want, when they look at stuff, they want to say, you know, how I be is, is a reflection of what I do. What I'm doing is a reflection of me. Oftentimes it doesn't go the other way. So this is a reciprocity. This is, you know, a, a flowing kind of thing in relationships. So it's, I'm in a time where there's great loss and especially in indigenous communities, we have all the inequities are showing themselves, food deserts, lack of access to health, medical, um, just on and on. So the deaths and the deaths of elders is, not something we say, oh, well, they were older, they had their life. These are, we consider from the child all the way through uh, important, the wisdom that they bring. So it's a very, very difficult time. And yet at the same time, the, all the prophecies, all the possibilities are opening up if we abide by the original knowledge, which is we are in relationship to everything. We are one hoop of life. This separation, this illusion of separation is falling away. And I, I have to smile about that. So we're starting to see something happens a half world around uh, and it's impacting the whole world. The fires in the Amazon and all of a sudden business leaders and friends that I've talked about how we need to protect the, our oxygen, our air, are starting to say back to me, 20% of our oxygen comes from the Amazon. Oh my gosh, we can't just let it burn. And I just say, great, yeah. yes, so what are we going to do? But first of all, let's take that in and how we want to be, because we are breathing, you and me, because of the plants, right? Because they take the carbon and change it. So I, I'm, you can say, I'm just really excited that people are willing to slow down, are having to slow down. So confronted with both the strengths and the things that need to be shored up to make it life-giving relationships. It's interesting because I think, you know, those of us who have um, really had nature as our religion, if you will, at least that's how I say, you know, mm -hmm. nature is my religion. Um, this time is really interesting as people everyone seems to recognize that connectedness that you are mentioning of all of us in relation to each other and in relation to the planet and to other species and everything, right? And, and you take trips to the Amazon in, in normal life uh, quite a lot, which is of course one of the most interesting uh, biodiverse 
um, hotbeds, if you will. And as you say, you know, now business leaders are awakening their consciousness to say, oh my God, like we can't kill this biodiversity. We can't get rid of the, uh, you know, oxygen producing uh, trees and forests down there. What do you think is like the future of relationships as we hit this kind of crucible or fulcrum that we're in right now? If we're not going backwards, where, how do we continue going forwards? Like what does relationship look like as we go forward? Well, I think some of the fundamental things that needed to always be there for them to be effective, functional relationships is one of the foundations is listening. Mm. So we're going to listen to ourselves so we can tell, our body will tell us, our mind, our hearts will tell us, is this really true? Is this for mine to do? Is, do I need to listen longer? Because we've too often gone to the single option fallacy. Any decision is the best decision. No decision all is bad, you know. It's just like, what are you talking about? And then all of these unintended consequences and some of them intended consequences we're starting to see. So you're absolutely right to have all these businesses, small, mid-sized, but now even large businesses say, hold on, we really need to look at our relationship to the earth, to the environment, because a lot of these huge companies, they, they see it. We're not going to survive if we don't take care of the earth. We can't keep using it like it's some endless resource we can keep throwing away and digging right. up and stuff. Yeah, it's so, that we're so about, right? absolutely there, absolutely there. So one of the things that you're tapping into is that not only do we have all the science that tells us, you know, the, the famous international biologists uh, out of Harvard and other places all saying, showing us that even at the micro level, everything is interconnected. Things that indigenous elders, wisdom keepers from all the different traditions have said for millennia. Um, but we also know from some of the science heart math, we know that in a 12 to 14 foot radius, this is important in, in your family folks, and, and as you get together back uh, with business in business settings, that we're affecting each other's heart rate variability. Ooh. And so what we bring to a situation does matter. And indigenous, what we were taught since we were little, be careful of what you say, be careful of even what you think. Because once you have that and put that out, you can't take it back and it does have an impact. Yeah. And now we have science just confirming that, which we already knew. So it is a time that we get to really pay attention to not only the superficial, oh, I'm grateful that you're here doing stuff, I'm great, you're in my life, but really dropping down into the more of the quality and the reciprocal relationship. I was mentioning, because I have a little bit of allergy going on, uh, drinking water. Now I can say, oh, I'm so fortunate. Every morning I, I wake up and I can have water. So let's have some water. Thank you, I have clean water. But let's go even further. Thank you, water that is sacred. Because in I made up a baby is 65% water. Adults are 50 to 60% water. There's a relationship. So I thank you, and I'm going to protect you because it also protects me instead of what it's now like oh no we don't need to consider what's going on or we only have to consider for now so what is true for indigenous perspective that I want to also say here about relationships the future of relationships is we not only listen we look at our being before our doing yeah but we also do think not just present but future because we know we are already creating all those elements for the future. So if we love our children, our children's children, this 
children of other species. Mm -hmm. If all the things that we love, that we can get up in the morning and say, well, I'm grateful for, imagine that being strong and present for future generations. In indigenous, we talk about seven generations. Well, I think it, let's talk about indigenous wisdom for a minute, because I mean, you 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 are obviously uh, Mexican American of Aztec origin, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And and I think what's fascinating is, of course, the the first peoples have been ignored for a very long time and mistreated. And this is not a conversation about that, but it is a fact. Yes. <laughs> um, all over the world, and especially certainly in America. Um, but what I think is interesting, you've used the word reciprocity a few times already. And I wrote my college thesis on the an ethics of being and self and other and reciprocity and mutual respect is the way to overcome that. So I'm, I'm, it's one of my favorite words as well as far as relationships and humanity go. Um, but I think what's interesting in indigenous cultures, and I don't know enough, so correct me. But we talk a lot about like Maslow's pyramid and hierarchy of needs. But in the indigenous wisdom, it's about circles. It's about the hoop of life. I think you called it earlier. And in your book, you talk about that a lot. Can we talk about this circularity? Because this is obviously a word that's trendy right now, but I think it all plays reciprocity, circularity, circles, hoops, et cetera. Talk okay. about it in terms of the future relationships in that context. It's really very critical because the circle is a symbol you know, it's been around for millennia. It's gonna go into the future. And the power of circle from an indigenous perspective and other various traditions is that the circle has no beginning, it has no end. Mm -hmm. We're part of this one hoop of life, right? So the circle is just very, very critical to think about even in Maslow's hierarchy needs. Maslow is a brilliant man, my PhD in uh, organization development, psychology and business. I, ha I study it and it's just wonderful. In indigenous communities, we talk, we said, oh, he just made one a layer. He made it a hierarchy. It's not a hierarchy. It is a hoop. Nothing is higher and nothing is lower. Part of what we're suffering from is from the two-legged human beings thinking we're above everything or that we can technologically make our way out of everything. And we're finding we are quite brilliant, but everything we do has an impact on this hoop of life that is supporting us and we are supporting it or not supporting it. So the circle is just very, very critical in terms of uh, Black Elk, one of the elders, very famous elders, said the, the center can be found everywhere. Mm -hmm. The circumference can be found nowhere. Now, quantum physicists and other scientists, uh, even organizational people, when we talk about that, they're just like, oh my gosh, exactly. Just think as we're awakening to who we really are, our powerful relationship that has both joy and responsibility attached to that reciprocity, what we'll be able to imagine and how to be in relationship with each other, not only now as we're awake and conscious, rather than in the sleep and trance, which we've been talking about in indigenous communities, that we could actually be part of the beauty, the evolution, the future that could be even more amazing than what it was for us, for those who come after. And even in our lifetime, we don't have to wait. It doesn't, we don't need to. So can I tell you a story? Because when you said that, it brought up a story. I just uh, was so excited to talk with you and all the people who are listening. And I know a lot of them are business leaders and others. 
And um, so I woke up and I, it was dark, it was very dark out. And then the sun rose and I thought of the sunflower. So I'm gonna just quickly share this story. Um, when I was four, my younger sister and my older sister uh, stayed at my grandmother's house, she's a stecken. And this day she said, well, we're gonna get up early so that we can see it's the sunrise, but we're gonna get outside very quickly. And she's put us by the garden. It was in August and the sunflowers were up. And she had us all day long, every hour, she would call us and for five minutes we'd stand by her garden and we would just turn and be with the sunflower. Now, some might say that's odd, but actually it was quite beautiful. And now I have adults who actually are looking for sunflowers so that they can do it. So every hour we did that, we're silence. And as you can imagine, what happened during the day is we kept turning because the sunflower keeps slicing the sun. Because in go, French it's called the tournesol because it turns yes, the sun. Yes, yes, yes. My grandmother called it mirasol, looking Watch at the, the sun, sun, right? Yeah. So then we went in for dinner. It's dark. And she said, let's go outside. And we were like, wondering what grandma was up to. But we never questioned grandma because she always taught us great things. So we're out by our garden again. And my older sister says, it's dark. I can't see anything. And my grandmother turned on the flashlight and we're standing in circle to each other. But then she turned it to the sunflower bed and all the sunflowers are facing each other. I share that. I know that came through because as leaders, we have such a responsibility, joyful, powerful responsibility to be learning from nature and to be nature that we are a part of. And so at this time, it is time to keep looking at the sun. Every day is a new day. But also while we're in the deep darkness, not even the middle of the night, but during the middle of the day, when we find ourselves there, what do we do? Community. We turn to each other. It is an illusion, not only of our separateness, it is illusion that we are alone. It's a human condition that's happening with the trauma and the hurts and things that are coming to the surface in our lives and external to us too. But that, that is just, it's, it's all not true. We are never alone. We are lonely. That's a human condition. When you really take that into your way of thinking, the way of your creating business, doing and being with people, there's such, um, there's such support that you have that I, I can no longer it's been decades. I cannot spiral downward to the bottoms that I used to because it makes no sense to me knowing that I am part of this one hoop of life. You I know, love that. I, 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 think, I, think, I, think, I think that the sunflower analogy, and thank you so much for it, because I really can picture this. And, and then when you speak about spiraling and you think about the center of you know a circle being able to be everywhere, but no circumference to be found, it all makes sense. Because when you think about our planet, it's a circle. I was, when you were speaking, I just had this visual, right? All of the planets are circles. All of, for the most part, you know, it's like, a, it's a sacred shape. I mean, our, our, our universe is a circle or a, a, a version of an ellipse, right? Which is a version of a circle. Yes. And, and it's interesting when you think about that center. And if we are each the center and we feel alone, then you look around and you realize that you are never because there are in that 12 to 14 foot radius that you talk about, there are other living, breathing things, people or otherwise that we affect and that affect us. 
So that that connectiveness of relationship, the future of relationships being connected, I think is is fascinating. So yes, I, you got it. So the future of relationship, whether it's in our homes where we actually get to be together, or whether it's in the workplace with how much we are actually physical in space together or not, but how do we actually even be? It's, it's totally opening up and changing people's imaginations. It requires some work. So, so this unity and this hopeful action, this new relationship, I do, I do want to also say there's some work involved and I think people already know that. So in the four gifts that I write about, the four sacred gifts that comes from indigenous wisdom keepers from all over the world, these four gifts are to help us be in right relationship with ourselves, other people, nature and spirit itself. And so people really like talking about, and let's, well, let's work on unity. Let's go for hope and action and start wherever because all these gifts are important. But you might think that you have the most amazing vision, most amazing followership, but I will tell you, it can be bigger. And that gets people like, what do you mean it can be bigger? It can be bigger and more life-giving. By bigger, I don't mean just consumptive like a caterpillar, right. but, but like that. And, and that comes from doing your work in healing and forgiveness. And when you release that energy that you need to heal something that gets healed, you have energy to do in unity and hope. When you forgive, even the unforgivable, it's not people think it's about the other and forgiving them. But what that really does is you're saying you love yourself enough to let go of what did or did not happen to an individual or collectively, not to forget. Not, it doesn't even mean you don't even still seek justice, but that you're willing to let go so your energy can be for now in creating what you want to create. And in doing that, you actually heal and, and take care of all that before. And that's the process we're going through, both in business, in the environment, in our, our politics, in our uh, relationships across race and gender, all the different things. It's all open. And so these four gifts, I just want to make sure people get to, you already have them. You already have them. So use them, the power to forgive the unforgivable, the power of unity, the power of healing and the power of hope in action. And if you're like me, since the 90s, I've been using these gifts. I take them into the C-suite. I weave them into all the different work I'm doing uh, in working with teams, et cetera. And people, when they begin to use them, they're going, oh my gosh. They, they sound simple, but there's some real work that goes with them. Uh, and, and that real work is, is, that real work is really what we're talking about. The, re, the future relationships is in some ways about that work. It's about the yes. connectedness that you achieve with the broader world, with yourself, by virtue of that work that you're doing. And your, your book and your new e-course also that relates to it, I think, around the four sacred gifts is very powerful for helping people transform what sometimes is, you know, um, a sticky stickiness, if you will. Yes. So thank you. I think it does. I feel like I'm the messenger, one of the many messengers of the Eagle Hoop prophecy, which these four, four gifts come out of. And so my hope is that you put those, they're already there, but honor them like in the ceremonial part of your heart. And so I know each and every person, because even young people understand what that means. That means it's not just something that flitters away. It is deep within your DNA, in the heart of your heart, in the heart of all the hoop and and it will it will serve you in every way you can imagine as you're working on you know market share and all these other things come from the being 
and the doing will shift rather than let's keep doing or do something different and hope that it changes and then find ourselves back in the same place. So it's a great time to be alive. Um, difficult for sure and all the losses and challenges are happening and yet also seeing the change already happening, um, the awakening, the people in business changing the way some of their policies and how they're going at things um, and in families seeing things changing. It's just on and on. There's so much, There's so, um, much. so much. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a momentous time. And Anita, I, I really thank you for joining us on Future of XYZ. There is so much to unpack here. Um, and you keep doing the work and I'm loving the recognition that you get for it because you've been doing it for a long time. And I think the recognition you get just speaks to this awakening that we are seeing everywhere and the future relationships hopefully is a lot more connected and a lot more about that, that hoop and that circularity. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.